Hi, this is Andy Mutlowski from Orchestral Movies in the Dark, and you're listening to PX Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's the biggest name in comedy, Kostaki Economopolis. And you know, it's not just football jokes with Kostaki these days. I just got engaged, I have a four-year-old who lives largely across the street, I have a shrink and a lawyer. So I'm trying to talk more about my relationship with my fiancé and my daughter and some of the things that are going on in my life. We'll hear more from Kostaki in just a bit. We have brand new music from a band called East Hills, they are from Chicago. But first, as always, fake news. Fake news with me. An apparently intoxicated woman recently stumbled into an Ikea in Israel, vomited on a couch, and then passed out on a bed after politely removing her shoes first. The employees were kind enough to let her sleep it off until the store closed, at which point a security guard woke her up so she could leave the building. The couch she was resting on, by the way, was called Barfkin. The U.S. team won the 11th National Geographic World Geography Championships this past week, competing against teams from 17 other countries. The United States last won in 2005 when the competition was held in Budapest, Hungary, which I think is somewhere in Asia. Adult magazines for sale at the local Army PX have gone the way of the cavalry charge after a decision Wednesday to strip the shelves at base exchanges of such magazines as Playboy and Penthouse. Said one Pentagon official, the magazines are really obsolete, adding, you know, why do you think we invented the internet in the first place? (laughs) Police in Texas pulled over George Zimmerman for speeding this past week. The man acquitted in one of America's most controversial trials in years alerted the officer that he had a gun in his glove compartment. In a dash cam video obtained by ABC News, the officer can be heard asking the former Neighborhood Watch captain, and that's how ABC News describes him. I took, I clipped this right out of the ABC News website. The former Neighborhood Watch captain, just stop it. He asked him, where are you headed? And Zimmerman responded, I saw someone suspicious in Alabama, so I followed him here. This summer is the first time in two decades that Oscar Mayer is giving consumers the opportunity to influence where its Wienermobile will go allowing fans to control its fleet of six iconic vehicles as part of the new Wienermobile run program. The iconic Wienermobile, of course, is actually made up of the discarded parts of other novelty vehicles. There's got to be an Anthony Wiener joke in there somewhere, too, I reckon. The number of Cubans leaving their country has increased steadily in recent years, the government reported on Wednesday, reaching levels not seen since 1994 when tens of thousands took to the sea in makeshift rafts and rickety boats. Separately, the U.S. State Department on Wednesday announced it is lengthening most visitor visas for Cubans from six months to five years. All you need to qualify is a government-issued photo ID and a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. Congress is wrapping up its work this week, and most lawmakers will be jetting out of the Capitol until after Labor Day. With five weeks outside Washington and no national election on the other side of the break, the exile is almost audible as lawmakers can finally relax after months of doing absolutely nothing. And that's been Fake News with me. Kostaki Economopoulos is the biggest name in comedy. He's lately been known for doing a lot of jokes about football on the radio and his stage act, but it's not all about football. He's up to some other things. He's recently engaged. He has a four-year-old daughter. He talks about all of that with us right now. Yeah, I hear you 
great. Okay, perfect. All right, super. Well, let's get started then. So, uh, are you still in Hawaii? No, back in New York City. Oh, okay, cool. Very good. Uh, newly engaged? Newly engaged. What a cliche. One knee, sunset in Hawaii. Yes, we did the whole thing. It's crazy. <laughs> cool, man. We're very excited. Yeah. It's, uh, She's a she's a great woman. I'm lucky to lucky to have her. Oh, very good. Well, glad things are working out. Yeah, man. Thanks. So, uh, what else is new? Well, that's the big news. Uh, chasing around a four and a half year old kid and uh, settling in here back in New York and getting my world together for pitching quick snaps to the universe. I'm building a college, college, you know football joke writing industry. Yeah, over I was going to say this is a big yeah. big time of year for you. It is actually yeah. So. Uh, Excited about heading back to Acme, one of my favorite places in the world. That's right. And uh, I'm trying to think, when's the last time you were in Cincinnati? Or it, it's been a while, or have you ever been? Yeah, actually, uh, my most recent stand-up album was recorded in Cincinnati. Okay. I, lo- I love that place. So Okay. Oh, we, yeah. you know what? We did talk, because we, we were probably on the football podcast, and we doubled up for that. So, yeah, okay. It's not as long as I thought. Yeah, but it's been a little while. It's been a bit of a stretch, but I'll, I'll get back there. That cool, place man. has been good to me, too. So. Oh, How yeah. are things with you, man? Uh, good, good. Um, I was going to ask you with, along the football thing, because um, I was thinking about this before the interview. It, it seems like most of you have concentrated on football. Do you have any energy for like baseball jokes or basketball? I, th- I seem to recall seeing some occasionally in your Twitter feed, maybe, or your Facebook posts. Almost never. Football is the only thing I follow. I sort of got obsessed. It's the only sport I've ever really liked to watch anyway. And then I got obsessed with it in fantasy about 10 or 15 years ago. (laughs) So it's just been like a guilty pleasure for me. That's why I sort of built this cottage industry around it. Because, you know, I was reading wide receiver stats anyway and feeling like a schmuck for wasting my time. Uh So I turned it into my job. Cool. (laughs) So, um... Now, you should be doubly excited this year. It looks like the Falcons are going to do well. And, of course, fantasy football will be starting. Uh, well, now we've already set up our league. I'm already trying to remind people to start signing up. Right. Yeah, I've done the same thing. Yeah, and the Falcons, yeah, I'm excited. They might actually be good. I just saw this headline about an hour ago. The Falcons are experimenting with OCU Manure as a stand-up linebacker. I'm like, stand-up linebacker? <laughs> I just flew into training camp, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, so, I, you know, I'm excited. Uh, Human Euro, they added Steven Jackson. They talked Gonzalez into coming back. Matt Ryan signed a big deal. Yes, he, he seems to still be on an upswing. So I think they've got every chance. They're probably – I think they're top five teams in the league. I mean, you never know what happens in the season, but they're certainly lining up to be a good-looking team. I would say they're top two in that conference. Oh, that's a tough conference, man. you got the Seahawks over there and the yeah. Niners. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I think for consistency's sake, I think the Falcons, I think those guys have been together longer. I'm not sold on the Niners. Um, I think your other big competition would just really be the Packers. Packers are great. Yeah. And you know, there's a handful of other teams that are sort of quietly can be fantastic, you know, the Saints and the Bears and there's, you know, there's a lot of good teams floating around. So yeah. we'll see. That's what makes it fun to watch. Yes. If you want some hilarity, uh, go and like the Cleveland Browns page on Facebook and then watch all the posts where they try to make us believe that we have any chance of finishing with more than four wins. It's so funny. <laughs> did you see the thing about the guy who died? Mm, yes. Yes, I did. The, uh, the, they wanted to let him down one last time. It was yes. right, you hear what they did, though? 
No, what'd they do? They sent a representative to his funeral. It was the the vice president of operations and the public relations person. They presented a plaque to the family. And then uh, before one of the home games this fall, they're going to honor him on the scoreboard and everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, I we, we, uh, he'd probably prefer, you know, looking down from, from heaven to see, you know, something on the field happening. But it's a very nice gesture on the part of the Browns. It's just that, you know. No matter people what, people who don't know what we're talking about, a yes. man died, and in his obituary, it said that he wanted uh, to have some Cleveland Browns as his pallbearers so they could let him down one more time. Yeah, lifelong <laughs> Browns fan, season ticket holder. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yep, yeah, that got a lot of a lot of traction. But yeah, they, and they did respond nicely, and they're going to honor him uh, at halftime of one of the games, I guess, or before the game. I'm not not sure which, but uh, well, yeah. of course they have to respond nicely. They have 17 fans. They've got to yeah. be nice to all 17 of you guys. Well, that's the irony is they actually have. I think the Browns have one of the largest uh, booster organizations, like of fans, like not in Cleveland around the country. And yeah, they're, they're, they've got to be top five in that. And they just and we continue to stick with them. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the NFL. There's enough parody. They'll be back. It's these. Yeah. Things yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got the Bengals, the Ravens and the Steelers all in our division, all who made the playoffs last year. I mean, I don't see how there's any chance of them even finishing close to eight and eight. No, I don't think there's any chance of that this year. But they are, they do seem to be slowly riding the ship. They'll be fine eventually. Yeah. Fine. Well, you saw what happened back, what was it, in March or February when the, uh, Haslam, he's the new owner, uh, Jimmy Haslam, for those who don't know. He owns the Pilot J Travel Plazas, if you've seen those on the highways yeah, and byways of, of America. Yeah, well, of course, the uh, IRS raids the headquarters for uh, some kind of tax evasion slash rebate uh, thing that went awry. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just... I think it was John Caparulo. He's from Steubenville. Do you know John? He's, he's yeah, I do know John. Not well, but big, yeah. Big Browns fan. And he told me the greatest thing ever. He said, growing up a Browns fan, you learn one thing. No matter how well things are going in life, you're always waiting for that one, that shoe to drop and something's going to go wrong. <laughs> and he's exactly yeah, right. Uh, the Flying J, I read that it's one of the biggest corporations in all of America. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. It's they huge. have like... 20,000 locations and, like, 13 clean bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes, everybody. There you go. <laughs> All right. I think they, they just that company sells, like, 50% of the uh, Hustler magazines that are still in print. <laughs> that could very well be. Um, <laughs> and they're probably responsible for most of the Jeff Foxworthy albums being sold, too. <laughs> yes, if you bought a Jeff Foxworthy album at a Flying J, you might be. Um <laughs> Nice one. Thank you. Um, and going back to football here, I wanted to get your opinion on this back. Because I always wonder about this, is the, is the the draft. The draft will forever puzzle me as to why people get so excited about it, yet people will just crap all over the, uh, the Pro Bowl. And I get the Pro Bowl, they're playing at half speed. It's like a backyard pickup game. I get all that. But at least it's a game and not some guy reading names. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a great point. I'm surprised the Pro Bowl gets as much uh, you know heat as it does. But the draft is great. First of all, it's an island of genuine football news in the middle of spring when there you know, there's no football and you're starving for it. So I think that's part of it. Plus, it's you recognize that it has implications for your team for like a decade, right? Well, no, because the guy they pick is going to be cut next year anyway, so it's meaningless <laughs> to the Browns. And fortunately, since they always finish with a horrible record, they usually pick in the top five. So I only have to see their pick, and I'm done. <laughs> but it's they do the NFL does such a good job of 
you know, talking about where Tom Brady went and, you know, the way people jeered when Donovan McNabb was drafted. And, uh, you know, they, it really is a great process. And the, the way that they run the packages on each player as they get picked and they debate who's, you know, when, where's Geno Smith going to finally fall to. And yeah. it's fun to it, – they do a great job building that into they, a show. They create the drama, yeah. I, I worked with a guy – I think I told you about this before. I used to work with a guy at the uh, Cincinnati airport that uh, – you could name an NFL player, and he could tell you where that player went to college, and I was never able to stump him. That's astounding. It's weird. Yeah, it has the weirdest talent to have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they don't do that more in the NFL. I've debated this with buddies before. When they, you know, sometimes when they introduce players, they'll have, you know, they'll say, you know, whatever, so and so from the U. But that's the only time that they ever mention their college affiliations, and I think that would be. That's something they should they should mention more often. I think that's interesting to fans, and they well, follow like you know whatever you hate the Ohio State players. Oh yeah, another, oh yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think the trend started a couple of years ago where some of the players would list their high school. Yeah, I like that. I remember Joe Gervicious, uh when he was playing with the Seahawks, listed Lake Catholic High School, which was the uh, opposing school. And I went to a public, the public high school in Mentor, Ohio. The Catholic high school in town is Lake Catholic High School, and he mentioned that. And uh, my buddy and his sons all went nuts because, hey, Lake Catholic High School, Mentor, Ohio, yay. So listing his college. So. <laughs> well, if they did in the NBA, a lot of those guys never go to college. Right, that that's all they have, yeah. That would be their last thing they did yeah. prior to NBA. It's crazy. So what do you think? Um, you're mentioning that, uh, of course, the draft is excitement in the spring. But what do you think about this idea of uh, the USFL coming back and having uh, actual spring football? Well, I love football. But you know what I realized? It, it's funny because in my, in my career as a comic, I've always been annoyed by the note that you need to talk more about yourself and about your own story. I'm like, I just want to be funny. I don't care about the story. But I have to say, if you watch a football game with a bunch of people that you're not connected to, where there's no story, it's not very interesting. It, it is what makes it interesting that, you know, whatever, the, this guy came back from retirement and this guy trash-talked this team and this coach was fired and then came back over here and now he's playing his former team. The soap opera of what happens in the NFL, the, the kid that was undrafted is now doing great, and the, the other guy they dumped a million, you know, millions of dollars onto, he's falling apart at the seams. All of that is interesting, and I think that's what you lack when you're watching second-tier sports of any kind. You don't yeah. really Do – I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think it, it's not likely to succeed is my guess because I'm a gigantic football fan, and I have zero interest. I mean, I, if it was something that sort of emerged eventually as a legitimate sort of conversation piece and almost like a, a farm league for the NFL – That's kind of what they're talking about it being, yeah. I think the thing that they need to overcome is what you just hit uh, hit the nail on the head there is that um, there isn't really a, a lot of interest for people that aren't in one of those markets. Now, if they stick to – one of the big plans they have, of course, is to stay out of NFL markets, go to places like you know Akron and Orlando and Birmingham and places like that. Right. And uh, actually, traditionally, Birmingham, second-tier football teams have always drawn really well. They keep fooling those people, and they keep going. But um, so for those markets, of course, the excitement because it's their team. But yeah, they need to. You have to some kind of a story. And I guess what the Canadian Football League tries to do to try to sell the games down here is say, you know, a lot of these guys went to college in the states, and they try to get the story going that way to, to, to varying degrees of success, I suppose. 
Well, that's how does it work with the uh, with minor league minor league teams do okay in America? It's the same yeah, concept, exactly. How, yeah. How do they sell it? They make it kind of a kitschy, fun event, right? Exactly. Yeah. And if it's and at the higher up level, of course, AAA, you're you're seeing guys that are close to being in the major, so that's part of it. And you're not in a in a, in a major league market like around here. We have you know Columbus, Indianapolis, and Louisville all within an hour and a half all have AAA teams that you know draw fairly well. Right. The fact that they're far enough away from a major league team. That uh, it's it's interesting for the fans there, but not so far that there's no connection between the major league team that's that's nearby. That's a great idea. I mean, I guess I guess it works if you find a considerable size market that's not an NFL team. Right. That seems like that's got you. You mentioned the perfect kinds of cities, right? Yeah. Birmingham, Orlando, right? Yep. Macon. Uh, you know, anything that's got enough that's, population but not a thing that's there. It's yeah. funny you say Macon. When I had the first fantasy football league I did at uh, this advertising agency I used to work at, uh, one of the guys, his, his team was the Macon Rednecks. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, they had, a, they had a hockey team there that was the Macon the Whoopies. Whoopies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. When I do trivia, I do a, a thing called Real or No Real, and that's going to be one of my facts next week is that the Macon hockey team is called the Whoopies, and I bet everybody will guess wrong and say that's no real. But um, well, before I made the same mistake I made with Jimmy Pardo, we had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago, which was useless for uh, print and city pages. Let me ask you what's going on comedy-wise. Is um, a lot of your set gravitating more towards sports, or is your actual stand-up set uh, a lot less of that and you know more the traditional setup punchline stuff? It kind of varies depending on the market I'm in. If I'm in a Bob and Tom market where they really know me for the football segment, then I'll do more of that kind of thing. Okay. I'll be in Minneapolis where they know me less for that, and that'll be a little bit less football and more. I'm trying to talk more about me. You know, I mentioned trying to be oh, more yeah. of a, you know, talk about the story of my life. And my life is very weird and interesting now. I've got a, I just got engaged. I have a four year old who lives largely across the street. I have a shrink and a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to talk more about my relationship with my fiance and my daughter and some of the things that are going on in my life. So, it depends on the situation, the market, and kind of the mood I'm in because I've got a full range of choices. So it's yeah. kind of what I'm excited about. Obviously, there's more football jokes during football season. Yeah. Uh, so part of it's a seasonal thing. Um, so it varies. Yeah, it varies. What about like current events? I know you uh, you followed those a, a while back. Do you still follow current events a lot? I used to be obsessed with it. I used to write jokes for the Complete Sheet, which is a prep service for radio stations. Okay. And and I was submitting to shows like The Daily Show and Leno all the time. Oh, that's right, so, yeah. Yeah, late, lately I've gotten totally disconnected. I don't even know what's going on in pop culture. We literally don't have a television. So I I don't know. I kind of have that sort of faded away. I've gotten a lot less interest in that. It might come back if I have a good reason for it too, but Right now, I'm focused mostly on you know my little football cottage industry and yeah. talking about my real story. It's kind of the, they're totally unrelated, but those are the two prongs in my act that I'm most excited about for now. Is it uh, less stressful in any way that you don't follow current events anymore? Because I know what I, I still do follow them, and things just drive me crazy. It is such a the way that our news works is such a bummer. So it's probably true that. Not being very connected to the news improves your sort of happiness yeah. level. <laughs> I, I used to be, you know, I studied politics, so that was a real passion. Oh, I was okay. chasing around and following all the details, and I've gotten a little bit jaded. And it's been more of like a personal choice of like, 
eh, I just don't want to follow that closely. And there'll be big stories that you can't avoid that I kind of figure out what's going on just so I can be conversant, you know. But I don't, uh, I don't chase it around too much for natural curiosity the way I used to. So uh, getting back to what you were saying about, you know, you have these, you know, kind of unique situations where you, you just engage, you got your daughter lives across the street, you got their accountant and a shrink and all that fun stuff. So I imagine there's plenty of premises popping up uh, for stuff to talk about. Or yeah. You still have to kind of dig a little bit. I was just, I was just telling somebody earlier, I have, uh, I'm terrible at taking compliments. My girlfriend said to me the other day, my, my fiance, I got to upgrade her. Uh, <laughs> she said to me the other day, uh, obviously there's hyperbole here, but it was, sure. it came from a really sweet place. She said, you're the sexiest man alive. And I swear to you, my first thought was alive. <laughs> Why do you got to window it down to people who are alive? <laughs> Leave it to me to find the half empty in that comment there you go yeah give her back some notes on those compliments <laughs> no i'm trying to get better at telling those kind of stories that are true from my life and there's a little bit of like vulnerability and sort of human craziness in there you know that that to me is more sticky it's a more interesting kind of angle so that's the that's the direction i'm trying to go in yeah and relatable as they say because not, not and maybe, relatable, maybe, right yeah not everybody maybe follows football or politics but then but then i guess you also find even when you dabble in those subjects uh, there's usually a way to, even if people don't know the situation, the setup a lot of the times should cover it. But then, of course, you worry about the setup being too long. And Yeah, that's, that, that's all true. And, yeah. and relationship jokes, you know, it's interesting. They don't work with young people. Like you can't, that, like that joke doesn't work well at a college, for instance, because yeah. they don't. They don't know the situation of being in a relationship with somebody for a long time and having yeah. feelings of, you know, vulnerability and uncomfortableness. They've never they don't have that yet. It's weird. You forget when you talk to college audiences, in some cases they've never been into a bar. Oh they've yeah, never, that's right. They've never dated anybody more than a couple of months, right? Yeah. So they have no idea, like, the stress and anxiety of a long-term relationship, you know, <laughs> or, you know, the, what happens later on. And it's weird. You forget how young they are. Yeah, and they, they've never paid bills or anything like that. And Right. They don't yeah. have credit card debt or, you know, they, they've never – it's weird. The adult situations that seem sort of – that everybody would know, they just haven't had it yet. Yeah. They're uh, smart. They follow smart jokes in a way that sometimes – bar crowds don't but they just don't have any life experience yet so it's a oh, weird combination yeah, I thought of that yeah they may be more attuned to wordplay maybe because their head is kind of in that studying you know academic literary space and maybe right. it's more receptive i've never thought of that before yeah it's interesting the other thing that's weird that you don't you wouldn't know unless you've done colleges is they're hyper politically correct so even if you're doing a joke that's pro-gay rights, just the subject of gays is uncomfortable <laughs> for them because they're not sure if it's okay to laugh about it. Huh. It's really fascinating that it's so dramatically different than a regular comedy club environment. You know? Do you still do a lot of colleges or just occasionally now? I... It's just occasionally. I, so, I, I yeah. never did a bunch of them, but I always did some here and there, and I still do, but I don't seek them out in the way I used to, and they don't seek me out in the way they used to either. <laughs> So we occasionally, I, I, I kind of like them, but they're so different. You, you forget until you do one, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so coming up in the fall, people can look for, how can they look for your football comedy? What's the best way to get a hold of it? You know what? We, it looks like we're rolling out a podcast too. I'm rebuilding oh. the website right now, but it's right. not right now, but 
uh, in the fall at Kostaki.com, there will be links to uh, Quick Snaps, the podcast. Oh, awesome. And, of course, it's on uh, Sirius every week on the Blue Collar uh, Network. And it's on Bob and Tom and 10 or 12 other independent markets. And we're trying to grow it further. We're hoping to find a print media home for it. And Oh, great. Blah, blah, blah. We're, we're building the machine right now. It's kind of the season for pitching. So I'm getting on the horn and pitching it around. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time today. I may be in touch in a few weeks. I, I'm deciding whether I'm going to be doing the football podcast again. I think I've got it to a point where I can put it together pretty quickly each week and because uh, I've a lot of other stuff blowing up in my life. But um, I'll be in touch. Yeah. If you can be on the football podcast as well, uh, come September or October, we'll hash out a little more fantasy football. It would be my pleasure, man. Thanks cool, so much man. for reaching out to me and chasing All right. me around. Appreciate right. it. Well, hopefully we'll see you in Cincinnati uh, sometime soon again as well. And uh, good luck with this football season with all the stuff coming up. Cheers, man. All right, thanks. thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Kostaki Economopolis for being on the show. You can catch Kostaki in Minneapolis at the Acme Comedy Club, Tuesday, August 6th through Saturday, August 10th. More information, acmecomedycompany.com. For more information on Kostaki, just go to kostaki.com. That's C-O-S-T-A-K-I. And on his website, you'll be able to keep up with all the NFL stuff he's got going on as we head into football season. So go ahead and do that. Well, kids, are you ready for some new music? Well, this is uh, new music that's 15 years in the making, apparently. This is a band from Indiana, uh, one of our favorite states. Uh, No kidding, our friend Big Jim Luger's lives there. It's got your holiday world. Um, We like Indiana a lot. It's a very fun state. And uh, from Indiana, Rushville, Indiana, I believe, which is in, um, I'm going to guess and say, I think it's in the northwest. I know we go by the exit on the way to Chicago and uh, and up in that area. So I'm going to say it's in the northwest of uh, Indiana, maybe the north, no, it's got to be the northwest. Anyway, these two fellas, uh, Will Barada and Hank Campbell, started working together in 1997. Uh, it, life happens sometimes, you know. You, you have family, and you go to college, and all this other stuff happens, jobs, careers, and you still work on your music. And uh, after 15 years, they managed to bang out uh, an album together. They stuck to it. The album's called Death of a Salesman. Uh, we're going to play the uh, lead track off of that. It's called Here It Comes. Um, well, I want to know what you think of it. It puts me in the mind of, I can't quite put my finger on it. It sounds like it came from 15 years ago, and yet it sounds, you know, very contemporary, very uh, maybe Kings of Leon, uh, I mean this seriously, a, a kind of a Nickelback element. And by the way, I am sick to death of Nickelback being the go-to band that everybody hates for a punchline. So much so, it's making me a huge Nickelback fan. Um, I did like their one track a couple of uh, months ago, or it was last year, uh, that We Stand Together tune. And I guess the one guy married Avril Lavigne, and uh, he co-wrote her new single. So no need to be mad at Nickelback, all right? Anyway, uh, these guys kind of in that kind of, you know, uh, big uh, festival stadium, not really stadium, but big festival. You'll see what I mean. The uh, song is called Here It Comes. It's uh, right now on PS Tape Recorder. <laughs>
Tills, here it comes on PF's tape recorder. What'd you think? Kind of that big rocky sound, doesn't it? All right, well, you can find out more at theeasthills.com, and if you're uh, just looking them up through your uh, internet browser, um, they always say that on, on BBC because they're, I know they're really allowed to say Google. You can't say brand names on BBC, so they always say your internet search browser. And so um, be that Yahoo or, or Google, whatever it is. Anyway, East Hills is all one word if you want to look them up that way, but it's theeasthills.com is their website. They have a Facebook page too, so you can check them out uh, as they're going to be adding some tour dates, hopefully, coming through the fall. We'll keep you posted. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, the credits, I should have these memorized by now. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Like the show on Facebook, PF Tape Recorder. Is search the uh, Facebook search bar for that. Uh, music, original music for PF Tape Recorder was composed by John Veropoulos with a little help from me. Performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. And let me see, uh, design, uh, logo designed by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl uh, on Twitter. And uh, Dan and uh, Logan are threatening to bring back Magic Potion with a review of the uh, Chromecast gizmo thing. And these are the guys you really want to talk to about how well that thing works. So uh, we will also keep you posted on that. And um, I think that is all the business we have for this week. Got a great dumb bit planned for next week. So stay tuned for that along with a huge guest. And uh, other than that, so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>